not recording in Windows, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> or no, no, I'm, no, I am recording in Windows. Still not recording on Linux because the uh, Skype recorder, you know, was terrible. Um, yeah. So we got some news links so we're going to go through. We got our main topic. We got our commands of the week, which is a new section we're going to do, which is going to be fun. We got our picks of the week, and then we'll be done. All right, so yep. let's go ahead and jump into the news. Um, Sounds good. So the first thing that uh, we're going to cover is that just the other day, the new login and lock screens for GNOME 3.30, I think is what it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, were leaked on OMG Ubuntu. Um, and I have to say, they look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know how much this actually matters because, I mean, really how much time do you spend on the login and lock screen? But No, I think it's pretty good because on, um, on Ubuntu, my lock screen, it was easy because you can just change it from the background. On Kubuntu, uh, that's how I pronounce it. I know you always pronounce shit funny. So, anyways, um, I actually different. got it right there, Ricky. So you're good. It's Kubuntu. Yeah, it's different. You have to go into the system settings and then shut down, and then you can change the lock screen. But even then, I've put in a couple of images, and they still won't come up. It's using the lock screen from the theme, and you know, as a user, it's just it sucks, right? Like I don't like. The lock screen that's there and I'm having a hard time changing it out um, so the way they have it I think is nice um, I think as a default option that's nice um, especially for the people who are gonna leave it default and the people who would go in and change it already know how to do it anyway so yeah I think it's when I saw that link and read through I was like thank God because honestly Ubuntu it is Kill me. Well, so the thing with with KDE is that the settings are kind of all over the place. That I mean, they're all in one that one settings app, but they're kind of, until you learn where certain things are and how certain things work. KDE. So I, I think you remember when we first got into this whole Linux thing. Yeah. I love KDE, but I kept having problems with it. Like icons wouldn't show up after you change the theme. Um, you know, you know, and, uh, things in the menu would just disappear. And I've been able. Those are things that. You know, I've been able to work through, and they're not really bugs. They're just kind of the way KDE works. works. And you got actually have to go through and use KDE for quite a long time before you can, you know, learn those certain nuances, like changing the. Ricky, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, it sounded like something was going on in the background there. Sorry. Hear me? I can hear you. It's just. Yeah, I'm here. It's just a little soft. Did you move the mic? Uh, here, hold on, let me. How about no? It's a little better. Okay. All right. Anyways, so, so like, like I said, in KDE, it's just a matter of using it for quite a while and exploring how things, certain things work in order to get it to work the way you think it think it is. Whereas in uh, the GNOME, GNOME does a really good job on settings. It's just not as customizable. The reason why KDE has all those settings is because you can customize everything. It's and it's not as intuitive as what GNOME is, but the, uh, um, the, the my, one of my complaints about GNOME is that it it looks outdated in a lot of a lot of ways, right? And that's yeah. just the regular GNOME shell. So this update to the lock screen kind of makes it look um, a little bit more modern and and, and more 
don't know. I mean, obviously, the new thing looks quite a bit like the Windows lock screen. Um, but what are you going to do? Um, at yeah. least it's still not Windows. <laughs> so it could be worse. Um, all right. Um, so those are coming in 3.30, I believe, um, which will come in October, or, or should be in, in Ubuntu at least in October. Um, all right, so the next one is, so this week was the Google I.O. conference along with Microsoft Build. Um, can, can we just, I mean, this isn't a Google or a Microsoft show, but can we just talk about how stupid Microsoft was for scheduling their build conference on the exact same day as Google I.O.? <laughs> I, I mean, that, that, that'd be like scheduling it the same day as the keynote for WWDC. I mean, you're not going to get any attention. I mean, Microsoft's a big company. They're just as big as Google, but they don't get the same amount of uh, uh, press coverage yeah. as Google does when they're out, both things are happening at the same time. It would have been much better if they were a week later, and then they could have had yeah. the whole stage just to themselves. Um, I, I mean, Microsoft does this to themselves. They, like, shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, yeah. They're well, very... I'm guessing they thought that the buzz from them doing it would be, you know, like no no publicity is bad publicity. Well, yeah, well, yeah. When you uh, when you compare Windows and you know Android and stuff like that, a lot more people pay attention to Android because it changes more often. Like people, I mean, there's still people out there using Windows XP, right? So I mean, they don't, <laughs> they, 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 I, I, Right before I left the IT world, we had just just retired our last Windows XP machine. Yeah. Um, and we'd moved to Windows Seven, and that company, I know that co- the the guy who took over for me, he was they were planning on staying with Windows Seven until long after end of life because they they absolutely hated Windows Eight. Nobody was yeah. ever going to use Windows Eight, uh, and they didn't really care for Windows Ten. Um, yeah. So I. Now, if it were up to me to get us back on track, they should have just used Linux. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, so anyway, so this was the Google I/O conference, and they announced that true Linux apps are going to be coming to Chromebooks. Um, now, the question is, and I I don't know that it is has been explained, but with how if they're going to be maintaining their own repository or if you'll be able to use any repository. Um, because I mean, obviously, Chrome OS is based <coughs> is based on Linux. I believe it's based on Gentoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, obviously, there's a way to you know use repositories or what um, like yeah. like in uh, Arch as they you are you know or maybe they're going to be using packages like a dev packages or RPM packages. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. Um, if they're only only going to accept from certain repositories, because I mean, obviously they got they're going to have to be worried about security, right? So I mean, all the stuff is going to be done in containers, so it's going to be yeah. kind of sandboxed. But um, they're still, they sh- they'd still have some kind of worry of you know not only security but also user friendliness. Um, and as we all know that especially in Ubuntu, repositories are kind of his- hit or miss because sometimes you go to install PPA. And it's not there, you know. Yeah, like it's no yeah. longer remain, it's no longer maintained, or yeah, the program totally. that you want is no longer in there, and it's or it's a different name. Or... Yeah, or yeah, you don't know the package name, or yeah, it's terrible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how on Chrome OS. I mean, the real question is, is 
I mean, people do use Chrome OS mostly in schools, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the big place where Chrome OS is big because you can get a Chrome OS laptop for like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a two hundred dollar. You can go out and get a Windows laptop for two hundred dollars, but it is. I mean, you might as well buy a rock and call it a computer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll actually be able to use the Chrome OS, and it's still all web apps, which you know, in my opinion, is terrible, but. Um, I mean, this kind of does change things because, for example, one of the reasons, so like my mom has very few high-powered needs on a computer, right? She basically browses email and does her social media and stuff, Facebook and stuff like that. Um, she doesn't need any high-power apps except for a video editing app that which allows her to make videos um, or edit photos. Yeah. Um, and the reason why we haven't gone the Chrome OS route for her because, I mean, obviously it would have been cheaper than buying her $1,000 laptop, which she's mostly not going to use. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the Chrome OS would make more sense, but she wouldn't be able to have those other apps, like the you know, being able to find a, a photo editor that actually works yeah. natively, or a, a video editor. The, this whole being able to use Linux apps on Chrome OS changes that a little bit because we could find a linux versions of those apps they'll actually then run natively it'll be interesting to see how it works because notoriously containers like electron um yeah. are very power hungry so like if um uh i'm trying to think so like uh i i think telegram is a, an electron app um yeah i think that um in, in certain instances skype is an electron app um, yeah. and they both use very they use a lot of cpu power so it'd be interesting to see how this works um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I know that was the first thought I had too because, I mean, I don't know, I don't use Chromebooks or know much about them, so I have to, you know, say that right off the bat. But I mean, from what I know of them when they came out, they're not that powerful because I mean the OS is, you know, it's running from the web, right? A web-based app, so you're talking to get the price down. You know, it's not like it's you know 16 gig. 10 core machine right and so that for me is the first thing because i remember back in the day when windows came out with these um tablet laptops so they were laptops that you could flip the cover over and you know to get the heat down and make it affordable they put the um, celeron processor in which was a big piece of garbage and that just ruined the whole thing right because it was so slow and especially in laptops at that time you know you're talking about the laptop was running one gig of ram at the time right where you know laptops and desktops of equal you know they were running four gigs of ram maximum you know so that's the thing so i have to wait and see it sounds good on the face of it but i think it will really depend on how they react um the performance of the apps right because just being able to run the apps doesn't mean anything if you know you're using it on your chromebook and you know it's gonna take six years just to do one transition you know what i mean right well yeah especially i mean there are some you know like video editing apps that are you know meant for you know um low resource computers or whatever. But yeah. if you try to install like Caden Live, I mean yeah. that thing is power hungry. I mean it literally yeah. takes everything well, I mean, you have. Even look at even look at Firefox, which is just a freaking browser. Yeah. But it, on Linux eats, you open it up and it dwarfs the whole fucking thing turns yeah, it to this. It eats memory alive. 
right? Um, so, so I, I like Firefox a lot. I actually prefer Firefox on on Android over Chrome, and I actually prefer over Chrome on on Linux. But because it has that damn memory problem, where it just yeah. it just takes. I mean, I have 16 gigabytes of memory, and if you leave that thing running for like I don't know, like eight hours or whatever. Um, yeah. you, you come back and it's taken five gigabytes of memory. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Who's been around browsing? I mean, and it's not even it's not even if I have like twenty or thirty tabs open. I have like three tabs yeah. open, and none of them are YouTube or Facebook or anything, which yeah. notoriously take up a lot of memory. So I mean, Mozilla's, far, use, <laughs> Mozilla's using it to uh, to uh, crypto mine. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 they're, they're um, mining Bitcoin. <laughs> Um, oh, when, if that came out and that was actually true, people would be so pissed. Um, look, look, luckily, mining doesn't work that way. It, it works off. Yeah, it I works know. off from the the GPU or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, if it worked off from memory, I mean, a lot more people I think would use it because um, yeah, memory's at least a little bit cheaper than GPUs. Anyways, um, yeah. All right. So the the other aspect of this whole uh, Linux apps on uh, Chrome OS is at least that I've heard, is that people are asking, um, does this make less fewer people interested in Linux as a whole? Like, So if you can run Linux apps on Chrome OS, why would you need to install Linux? Yeah. Um, and I don't think... There's a difference between you... Uh, to answer that question, I think... Um, there's a difference between being able to use Linux apps and being able to use Linux. So you've been there's a lot of Linux apps that have been ported or originated from... Windows, right? So, um, like you can use uh, MailSpring, which is a popular email client on Windows. Um, yeah. There's um, like NPass is a password manager that's also on Windows and all over yeah. the place. Um, just because you can use those apps doesn't mean you want to automatically go to a different operating system. <coughs> um, yeah. And I, I think just because you can use apps, Linux apps now on um, on, on Chrome OS, it's not going to take away the flaws of being limited to uh, web, um, you know, web apps. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely on the other side of it, because I mean, there's, it's just because yeah. I, I doubt. I mean, Google has a tendency to do very good software, but there's still yeah. going to be some kind of uh, painful process of actually installing these apps, whether yeah. it's you know. Um, going into a terminal and, and installing them and learning the commands to do so. Because, yeah. um, I mean, they're not going to... I don't see them going through and creating a software store for Linux apps. So, I mean, yeah. the only other way they're going to be able to do that is either through some kind of uh, handmade GUI or through a terminal. Um, yeah. And well, a, a lot of I, people I, aren't... Say, go ahead, Ricky. Yeah, I think it, it, it um, supports apt-get. But I was gonna say that Chrome OS is a totally different idea than, you know, quote unquote regular OS. And it's the same way that I have a MacBook Pro, I run Mac OS. I have a laptop and I run Linux. Because I run Linux didn't mean that, you know, wow, I like Linux, I'm gonna leave my MacBook Pro behind and, and you know what I mean? People who already use Chrome OS, they use it for a reason. People who already use Linux, they use it for a reason. You know, those same people who use Linux are not going to go over to Chrome OS just because they can run their apps there, right? It's a totally different OS, right? Like Chrome OS is light. It's 
web-based. You don't have any of the, you know, C drive, put another drive in there, that sort of stuff, right? So it's it's very, you know, I, I just, I don't see it at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think that just because you can now use um, uh, Linux apps on Chrome OS, this is going to change the people who buy Chrome OS or Chromebooks because people buy Chromebooks and schools buy Chromebooks because they're cheap, not because yeah. they're powerful. And this, well, this makes them more powerful. It doesn't necessarily make them competitors with a, a, a computer that runs Linux or a computer that runs Windows or Mac or OS or whatever that's more expensive. All right, yeah. so um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. So obviously now that 1804 has come out, Ubuntu 1804 has come out, and all of its flavors are out, and we've had a chance to try a few of them. Um, obviously, the next thing we have to do is start talking about the next iteration of Ubuntu, because Ubuntu is the Linux operating system that you know a lot of people use. Um, so the code name is Cosmic Cuttlefish, which is um, sticks in the tradition of Canonical <laughs> creating really bad names for their operating systems. Um, hey, I like Bionic Beaver. <laughs> it's kind of well, badass. <laughs> well, all right. So Bionic Beaver is great unless you have a really dirty mind. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I had, a, I had a dirty mind, and the first time I heard Bionic Beaver, I was like, hmm, I don't think that that's going to work the way you want it to. Uh, um, anyway, so the Cosmic Cuttlefish is the, is the name. It's going to be 1804. It'll be released in October, just like normal. Um, it, it'll be the first uh, iteration of Ubuntu after this LTS, which um, obviously the next LTS won't come out until 2020, right? Um, mm -hmm. It should be 2004. Um, so we're still quite a ways away from that. So, so basically, if you're not familiar, the way Ubuntu works is they have LTS supports that come out every two years. Okay. And then in between, they basically have uh, less uh, support, not less supported, but not... The, yeah, the, not the as release long. Of, I think it's like nine months or something. Yeah, they're not supported as long. Um, yeah. They're basically version updates that, that they use to propel forward towards the next LTS, which is meant to be yeah. supported for five years. Yeah. Um, so that's what these next few updates will be. Um, now, there are, um, obviously, besides the name, there are quite a few things that we'll, we're expecting to see. So, uh, GNOME 3.3 with the... Um, the new um, login screens or whatever will be there. Um, there'll probably be some more progress on the, the GTK, um, although we, I don't think GTK 4 is anywhere near close to being done. Um, so it's, it's just going to be another point release of that. Um, Linux kernel 5.0 uh, is also going to be there. Now, um, Linus Trivolds or whatever. Yeah. Um, can never pronounce his last name correctly. Um, <laughs> Anyways, the guy who you know like founded Linux um, has said that the 5.0 release isn't going to be any grand. The, the 5.0 doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be an entirely new Linux kernel or whatever. It's just that's the next you know number to use. Um, yeah. Linux never changes that much, so you never. I and mean, it's not as if they're going to go through and totally redo everything. That's, that was just that's obviously it wasn't ever going to happen. Um, it, this is it's just another number. Um, like 4.14 or 4.15 or whatever. Um, yeah. They just decided to move it up to 5. Um, we will see the new Ubuntu theme and icon set as default in um, 
1810. Um, I don't know if you've tried the new one called Community Theme. Ricky, have you? Uh, I think I did, actually. Um, it's actually kind of cool. It does look so much better than Ambiance, which is, like, yeah. I don't know, like, five years old at this point, maybe even longer. Um, no, I mean, I never, I was never really a fan of Ambiance. I always, that's always one of the first things I do is install GNOME tweaks and change it to a different theme because the, yeah. the, the, the standard one is just god-awful. Um, but the, the new one looks really good. Um, I... I still probably will end up changing it, but it still looked good. Um, they're also changing the way they do the re release up to the final candidate, the final release. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're going through, and instead of doing uh, alphas and betas, they're just yeah. going to do weekly releases. Weekly. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, it's going to be a different... That's the... I mean... If, it's more often, I guess. Well, then, for a while, during those times that that release is going to be... Um, being tested, it's going to be kind of like a rolling release, you know. Yeah. So, so it's just going to just going to keep doing updates. Um, I, instead of us, you know, you update it three or four times during the um, thing, you just go through and update it, you know, when the the weekly results are out. Um, so they're rebooting Ubuntu Studio, which I don't know anybody who uses. Um, <laughs> so Ubuntu Studio is the one that's meant for um, like audio. Recorders. Oh, okay, yeah, That's yeah. Right. And maybe it's video recorders? Yeah. Uh, people who are meant to... Yeah, and some, some kind of multimedia professionals, I guess, is the, the one they'd be using. I don't know, really. I've never tried it. Maybe I should try it. Maybe things would actually work in it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, and finally, the last one, is the LX Cute desktop is finally going to be replacing uh, the LXDE desktop for uh, Lubuntu. Um, yeah. Which is great because QT is better than the GTK one or GTK two or whatever the hell they've been using since yeah. forever. Or, oh, I don't even know if they use GTK. I can't remember. They, maybe they used whatever it was before QT. It's really really old. Is what it, is is the point. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's what's coming up in eighteen uh, ten. Probably we'll probably see some other smaller features, but these are the the big ones that we expect. Um, we're probably in budgie by that. I don't know when. Uh, the Budgie 11 desktop comes out. I don't know if that's this year or not, um, but if it is by then, we'll probably see Budgie 11, which is one of the Ubuntu flavors. Um, Budgie 11 is also going to be using Qt for the first time. Um, the way Mate has been kind of progressing, I mean, what's interesting is standard Ubuntu, yes, it went to GNOME, but GNOME stays the same pretty much forever. Yeah. Um, it's It's been Mate and plasma that have kind of been propelling change and making things better over time um, mm -hmm. so obviously we'll expect to see some things in mate um, so anything specific you're looking forward to here ricky on uh, the next um i think probably it's the um the, the gnome 3 um you know with with the prettiness <laughs> let's put it that way yeah. Um, I'm going to get into it later, but, you know, you remember when um, I was on Linux Mint and then we said we were going to do a show on GNOME and I decided, okay, well, Ubuntu 17.10, I think, uses GNOME. Let me try it. It took me about two minutes of trying it and I was like, yes, Linux Mint is gone. This is in. It's just 
the smoothness of it and just it looked really nice it looked really fresh so yeah that's and there's some things that that i'm not looking forward to but i mean those things they've already done it so it's not like they're gonna backtrack on it yeah all right let's go ahead and jump into our main topic because we're actually uh running out of time (laughs) (laughs) mostly because we had to i had to boot into windows and that took forever yeah um that's my fault first (laughs) yeah i should have just started on windows um because obviously windows will never leave me alone anyways um so our main topic is that we've tried out some of the ubuntu 1804 flavors now you've tried Standard Ubuntu and Kubuntu, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I've tried Standard Ubuntu, Kubuntu, which is what I'm running as my main driver. Um, I've also um, tried um, the Budgie, and I've tried Mate. Um, so I've, I've tried a few of them. Um, I probably will eventually give uh, Zubuntu a try, which uses XFCE, but um, that doesn't change ever. Um, yeah. I mean, XFCE, like, literally... You get one or two new features, maybe, per release, but usually <laughs> not. It just stays the yeah. same and maintains the stable release. That's what F- yeah. XFC is known for. It's, just it's like the Windows of the Linux. World. Yeah, only only <laughs> it's better because it doesn't force you to do updates. It, it's stable, so it doesn't crash. There's no blue screens. It's awesome. Um, anyways, um, so what I, th- I think because we're running out, of t- we're we're running a little bit low on time. What I think yeah. we'll go through and do is we'll just talk about a few of the things that we like. So I'm, I'll go, okay. for, I'll go first, and then you. And dislike. Yeah, like a dislike. <laughs> sure. Um, if any. Okay, go ahead. So, I'm a big KDE fanboy. Obviously, um, Kubuntu is the most stable KDE experience I've ever had. Um, and I mean, I've used KDE on every distro pretty much that's out there. I mean, I've used it on Fedora. I have OpenSUSE installed on my laptop. I've used it on Ubuntu. I've used it on Arch. Um, uh, there was, I seem like, feel like I'm forgetting one. I, eventually, when Solus comes out with their KDE version, I'll try it on there. Um, I'm a big KDE guy. Um, and every single one, I've always had like some problem. And usually, it's screen tearing. right? Screen tearing seems to be the Linux problem, especially for NVIDIA cards. Um, now, I had Scream Terry on Kubuntu 18.04, um, but it was astonishingly simple to, fin- to fix, and I was able to go through and save the, the, the configuration file so that it actually, whenever the computer boots, it loads the fix automatically, so I don't have to go through and, uh, you know, change the settings at each, each time the computer reboots. Um, so, that was awesome. Um, I haven't had the, anything crash, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. Now... <clears throat> I will say this, like I, I do every time I mention my KDE um, fetish, maybe. Um, uh, KDE is not for everyone. Um, it's very granular, like we, we were talking about earlier. It's very, very granular. So if you, uh, and there's certain ways things work that don't necessarily work the way you think that they're going to work. So if you go through and do things the way you think they're, you sh- they should be done, things are probably going to break. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily Katie's fault. It's just not as intuitive as GNOME or Budgie yeah. or Windows or Mac or whatever. Those things are are meant to be very, very user-friendly, user whereas KDE is much more meant for people who like to tinker and don't mind necessarily breaking things while they do so. Um, so that I think... That if a new if a noob 
what's going to come into KDE if they're coming from Windows or even from another distro like you know GNOME or whatever. Um, they, if they came into KDE, I think one of the things that they would absolutely wouldn't like, and I'm, I was right there with them at the beginning, is that certain things will break if you do things the way you expect them to be done. Because, for example, to change a theme in uh, KDE, you can do so in three different places. Um, there's the main place, which will change the overall theme. Okay, that's mm -hmm. a, that's right at the top in the the, the appearance tab. Yeah. But you can actually drill down. And there's there's quite a few themes there where it goes through, and you know that they have you know to do to do to do that, but they don't necessarily all work all that well. It it actually makes more sense to go through and theme the the your operating system yourself, which is in different tabs. So in, in one tab you can go through and, and change the way the windows look. Okay, another one the look and feel changes the way the panels look. Uh, and, and these are all in different places, and they're all have different themes available to them, and different amounts of themes available to them. They're just not all in the same place. Yeah. Um, so it's it, and like Ricky was talking about earlier, um, like changing the lock screen theme. That's in that's in desktop behavior. I think I can't look because I'm on Windows. Thank you, fucking Windows. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like I said, KDE has that problem, but that's a KDE problem, not necessarily an Ubuntu problem. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of new features from Ubuntu, um, what I like most about it, the the new is is that it's it's went through and it's brought KDE up to the latest long term support release, um, so you get all the newest um, things of Plasma. Um, on the Mate side, Mate's once again just kind of blasted away um, the idea that it's just you know a, a standard old GNOME 2, which is it's it's just not anymore. It's Mate is its own thing. Yes, you can make it look like GNOME 2, um, and that's you, you still can kind of see that that was the base of it. But it's added all these features, which is just kind of astonishing. It's really good. Um, it's still not as stable as I would like it to be. Uh, it, it can get slow um, if you have certain things open. It doesn't necessarily play very well with GTK3 themes, so you got to be very careful when you're theming Mate. Um, because if you install a theme that it, it ha, that doesn't it doesn't like, the whole th your whole computer will crash and explode. Uh, <laughs> uh, I still hate regular standard standard GNOME, so I'm not even going to talk about it all that much. Um, you know, it it was fine. Um, I like the new Nautilus um, mm -hmm. um, layout a lot better in standard GNOME. It's um, look makes it look a little bit more modern and usable. Um, I'm actually a little bit jealous of it on KDE, but I like Dolphin just fine. Um, and uh, the, the and Budgie is still kind of just plodding along a little bit. They're, the the people who do Budgie, which is from the Solus project, they're kind yeah. of in in uh, they're kind of marking time until version 11.0 point come, 11 oh, okay. comes out and they can switch to QT because everything is going to kind of yeah. change then. So they're not going through and doing too much to that desktop right now. So. Um, Ricky, why don't you tell us some of the things you like and dislike about the Ubuntu's that you sure. tried? Sure. Um, okay, so yeah, so like I said before, um, you know, I start actually I started out on this laptop with 16.04 Ubuntu. Um, I had crazy problems with screen tearing. Um, my battery would last for about 10 minutes when I unplugged it. It blew hot fire out of the the exhaust ports. It just wasn't happy. Um, I went to Linux Mint, 
was running that that was stable actually i ran mate which was really nice but it was slow as fuck so i was like yeah i can't i can't do this so then i went to um, linux mint and that's what i was running for a while um and then like i said we decided to do this podcast about um gnome so i looked up and i saw that 1710 ubuntu 1710 used gnome they went away from unity and went back to GNOME. So I said, okay, let me throw it on there. Let me see. And two minutes of using it, the experience was so smooth and it was so pleasing, so nice, so fresh, looked so different. There was just something about it when I compared it to Linux Mint. I was like, yeah, this is my main desktop, forget it. Um, So I kicked Linux Mint out, I put it on there. And then you said, I got to try a couple of other flavors. So I said, okay, let me try Kubuntu. And I hate you for that because now I'm torn between the two <laughs> because I really like the interface of Kubuntu. There's certain things that Kubuntu still does, like put the fucking icons on the desktop. Why they took that away, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I will say that between the two, um, Ubuntu is the one meant for the mainstream. Like yeah, Matt said, um, like Matt said, if you're not knowledgeable, if you're just coming to Linux, it's gonna be a really bigger learning curve if you pick up Kubuntu. I would suggest start with Ubuntu first, because even then, coming from Ubuntu myself, I got into Kubuntu. I mean, I could do most things, but some things I had to search, I had to look it up. Um, you know, so for me, Ubuntu is kind of like iOS. Like, there's a lot of things where they make the decision for you, like not putting the icon on the desktop. Never going to go away from that. Um, while Kubuntu is like um, is like Android. You go in and there's a million different um, settings for a million different things. You can customize down to the slightest little thing. And I really like that about it, the customizability, um, how open they are about it, how, you know, like on Ubuntu, you know, you can do it. I mean, it's Linux, but they make it seem like it's an after thing that you have to go out and do, whereas Mm -hmm. Kubuntu makes it seem like it's part of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, overall, I like both of them. For different reasons, um, I think uh, Kubuntu is just for, uh, more for the more experienced user. Um, but you know, now I'm trying hard to decide between the two. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to. Obviously, this is the first time we've kind of ever talked about Kubuntu, so we'll have to wait until the next version comes out to be able to kind of yeah. compare how how this is progressing. So, um, if you're listening and you're wondering why we're basically just reviewing, you know straight up Kubuntu and not the new features or whatever is because we're both still fairly new to Linux in terms yeah. of, you know, straight up, you know, consumer desktop. So we're, we don't have the experience to tell you what's new and what's different and how things have changed. Now, I mean, I've been using uh, uh, KDE for quite a while, so I've seen some of the vo- the versions. Um, so like the settings app has gotten, uh, in my opinion, more confusing. <laughs> Uh, uh, since, since since I started using, I, I like the older one just a little bit better because it was just basically it was basically Windows Control Panel. Um, this one here is just a little bit more. It's also not nearly as 
is stable. I found it. So, sometimes things kind of get a little wonky when you're changing yeah. between different panels. So, um, but the thing about KDE is I know that it's such a big project. Any of these problems that I have are going to get fixed. Um, so, whereas this is, I don't have that faith in, in GNOME. GNOME is stable, obviously, yeah. and they're making some progress, but they seem to be more focused on taking things away than yeah. adding new features. You yeah. know? And on that, you know what I forgot to mention when we talked about GNOME 3? They're taking away the, um, the app in the taskbar. Like, if you run Skype in the taskbar near the yeah. time, you have, like, they're taking that away. Like, what the fuck are these people doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually already, it's actually on stock GNOME, it's already gone. Yeah. Right? So, um, uh, Ubuntu goes through and makes sure that I think that it's still there um, yeah. for you. And that's just, but that's just an Ubuntu thing that they've kind of added in because they realize that there are some applications like uh, Skype Recorder, um, like Dropbox, they don't have yeah. an actual like full fledged GUI. It's just all in the taskbar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is, is the GNOME project seems to be very much like Apple, and they want to. This is the way they're pushing people forward, and they don't really care that it's people still like use it. these things, right? I mean, <laughs> like the floppy drive or the FireWire port or the headphone jack, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, this may be the future. It may be the direction that the human race needs to go in. But at, at, this, at, the, at this point in time, we still need those icons. Um, <laughs> and it, it really sucks when they're not there. Because, I mean, how, how else are you supposed to get into your Dropbox you know, pro, yeah, uh, exactly. preferences they, without yeah. being able to access the icon? Um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that there's like a command line interface for well, it. Well, there's there's extensions, which is what they pointed to as like some sort of extension. Yeah, it'll allow, it'll allow you to put them in, but I mean, that's, but I mean, that's come a on, hack. that's like, yeah, that's kind of a shitty way to look at it. It's like, it's like, it would be like Apple saying that the only way you can do something is to jailbreak your iPhone. You know, I mean, obviously they would yeah. never say that, but I mean that you know. That's that's what drove people to jailbreak because there were certain things that they wanted to be able to do on an iPhone, you know, that they couldn't do because Apple said no, 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 this is not the way we want to do things. All right, so let's move in real <laughs> quickly to our command of the week. Um, Ricky, the way I want to do this is we'll just tell them what the command is, what it yeah. does, and why we like it really quickly, like in just a couple sentences, and we'll move yep. on. So, um, yep, I'm good. If if you use anything like Grive, which syncs to Google Drive. It's like a command line interface, but it doesn't have any kind of like uh, cron job or daemon or whatever in the background that updates things automatically. Um, sometimes when it syncs to the cloud or whatever, it doesn't know what version to sync or it will sync something really weird because of the timestamp on the file. Okay. Um, so it's really hard to give a, 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 a an, ex, uh, an example of this, but basically it because say you have a timestamp that's a that's at a certain age, and you have another timestamp of a, of the same file, but um, you're with a, with the same name, but you want it to automatically make sure that it syncs that uh, the newest one first, or you want to sync a whole folder, but only one file in it is changed, but you want yeah. to sync the whole folder. The best way to do that is the touch command. Basically, you touch the whole folder, and then it will change. The timestamp of that folder, not just the, the one file, but the entire thing, uh, okay, yeah. and then 
that timestamp changes. That way, whatever's syncing will know that this is the newest version. It doesn't mean you're, you're changing yeah. anything. It just touches it to change the timestamp. Um, yeah. So yeah. The, 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 the command is touch and then the, the file path um, of what you're changing, and then you just hit enter. It doesn't require sudo unless the, the, the file you're touching is a root file so if it's, if it's a system file you'll need a you'll need to get into sudo um otherwise if it's just like a document or whatever that's not protected by you know root access it should just be touch all right ricky what's yours yeah so mine is sudo update dash grub and that you do that when you want to update the settings of your grub menu um so say you got multiple linux boots um, you know, you just installed a new distro, but when the grub menu comes up, it doesn't see it. So basically what you can do is if you boot into your distro, you go into the command line and you do sudo update grub and grub will go through or uh, grub config will go through and it'll update all the, the settings inside and it will actually look on all your attached drives, all your partitions, whatever, and find the other Linux distros and add them to the Grub menu. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've never installed Linux on an external drive before. Yeah. Um, oh, it's really easy. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's easy. I've just so been kind of uh, weary of it, you know, because yeah. the only external... The hardest thing... Yeah, the hardest thing is, like, say you have Ubuntu internal, and then you install, like, Ubuntu external, then the grub menu will update so that the newest one you install takes over. Um, but there's a command you can do to reinstall the grub menu to whichever one you want to be the boss. Um, there's also a way where you can set like your newest install so it installs the grub menu, not covering the other one like there's a few different options you have but it's not that hard to um to get it back yeah all right so let's move into our picks of the week real quick um why don't you go first this time ricky sure uh mine is key pass x um and that's a password manager um usually on mac and windows i use one password but one password they don't have it for linux yeah those losers. Not that i'm aware of yeah, they don't. They, so, they they point you towards their Chrome extension, which, by the way, is god-awful. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why. So, when I started using Linux, of course, I wanted um, a manager, and especially one that if I have multiple distros, I could, you know, go between them. And the one I came up with is KeyPass X. Um, on certain distros, you have to use KeyPass XC. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have a KeyPass X version, um, but it's it's really good. It's free. It's open source. It's also on Android um, and know, iOS good, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Windows. So it's it's really good. Yeah. All right. So um, just a, just a word on that. I I use NPass right now, but I've been looking into switching to KeyPass X. Um, just yeah. Because, just because I think I trust them a little bit more. NPES is kind of uh, based in China, so um, not, not exactly <laughs> sure I trust them, you know, 100%. But um, I just haven't got there yet. LastPass um, doesn't work on Linux hardly at all. Um, yeah. And LastPass what I, is what I've been using for, for ages because, you know, it's like it's free and it works everywhere, but it doesn't work on Windows, which is 
I mean, if you're if you're a password manager, it seems like you'd want to work on you know every platform. Um, anyway, yeah. so my pick of the week is Audacity. I don't. I mean, uh, there's not much that anybody everybody's heard of Audacity. Um, when I first started using it, I hated it because the interface looks like it was built in like the 1990s. Um, but once you get past that, you realize how exact, how really, really powerful all that SD is. Not only can you edit audio files, but you can actually set it up to record anything on your system, not just like from a microphone, but from the speakers themselves, like the computer output. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of different things that you can do. Um, I, and it, it's open source and awesome and free. Um, now that I've used it, I don't know why I would ever go back to paying $70 a month for Adobe um, Cloud, Cloud Creative Cloud. For just for, for, cause I always use Audition, right? I use the Adobe Audition. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm never going to switch away from Adobe Audition because it can do everything I want it to do. Um, yeah. But it's really expensive. And now I'm using Audacity. And I'm like, why did I ever pay $70 a month? For, for for Adobe Edition, it's the, when uh, Audacity can do pretty much everything. Now, and it's not it's not as polished as um, yeah as Audition. Um, I mean, there's a lot more. You know, there's some nuanced controls that you get in Audition that you don't get in Audacity. But once you get past that and learn the way Audacity does things, um, it's all perfectly fine. And it's it's still. I mean, it's just amazing that it's free software. Um, it's, it really makes you happy that you use Linux. Because there's these kind of things on there. It's also available for Windows, but nobody should ever use Windows. That's just the, that's the tip of the week. Don't use Windows um, unless you absolutely <laughs> have to to record Skype call or play Hearthstone or any other game. Oh, damn. Yeah, you have to use Windows. All right. Anyways, that is it for us this week. We ran a little bit over, but that's okay. If you wanna um, if you wanna get in contact with us, you can do so. Email at thelinuxcast.com. You can follow us on t- on Twitter at thelinuxcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at MTWB. Ricky is Ricky underscore Williams1. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the Linuxcast. Um, upcoming in the next few weeks after this is posted, I'm going to be doing some KDE tutorials. Um, because that's my distro and my, my desktop environment. I'm going to do some dis- some some tutorials to show people how their things are supposed to work. Because that's one of the things I hear a lot from people that... Uh, you know, I want to use KDE because you can do all these customizations, but they just can't really kind of figure out how to do them because it's not necessarily intuitive. Anyway, so that is it for us this time. We'll be back next time, uh, which should be in a couple weeks. Good life, people.